Have you had an experience online left you feeling disappointed in the human race? Well, if you've ever interacted with a large group of wrestling fans on Facebook or Twitter, then I'm sure you dealt with more than your fair share of negativity. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinnesotaAllTime.com, a pro wrestling website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's special Friday episode, I'm talking with Byron Smith, the director of operations at Border Fuel, a sports media company. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is a wrestling show. You didn't turn it on to hear me talk about traditional sports. I know. Stick with me. Because until recently, Byron is what we called a lapsed fan. Someone that used to watch wrestling, but he left. And he stopped watching wrestling. Byron came back recently. So join us today as we discuss what brought Byron back and the issues that he found once he got here. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show for May 14, 2021, where you can find all the latest pro wrestling news. And Byron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I set it up there in the little intro. You know, you wrote an article on April 28th called The Internet Wrestling Community Has Some Serious Issues. And we're going to get into that. And I think that's a it's a fascinating topic. But I wanted to start with talking about, you know, you as a lapsed wrestling fan. You stopped watching wrestling in 2018. And I guess I wanted to ask, first and foremost, how, how long were you watching wrestling before that? So um, I kind of talk about it a little bit in the article, but not much. Um, so as, as a smaller kid, like elementary age, um, I watched wrestling with my dad a lot. He, he enjoyed wrestling a lot. Um, but we stopped watching then. Funny story, because like my brother and I would try wrestling moves on each other and like hurt each other. So, so we had to stop watching wrestling um, around that age. And like I, I didn't really watch wrestling again um, until my senior year where I had a, I had a f- high school friend. Um, he's he was was a big wrestling fan, and he invited me and another one of my close friends over to watch WrestleMania 32 with him. Mm-hmm. And um, we went over. Um, I know, like one of the worst shows ever for me to get reinvested in wrestling as an adult. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but I ended up kind of liking WrestleMania 32. Um, was a big fan of especially the Intercontinental Championship uh, ladder match. Really was I was like, wow, these guys, you know actually put on a good show um so i started watching again around that time watched for about a year and a half maybe two years um and then probably around all right after all in a couple months after all in kind of fell off um just because like there wasn't much happening outside of wwe and once you had seen all in like watching three hours of raw and then SmackDown and then NXT at the time, which was still uh, on the what, network. Thir- yeah, on the network, thirty minutes to an hour on the network. Um, it was it was hard to go back to doing that after having watched All In. Gotcha. So is that is that what kind of made you stop? Is that you saw what wrestling could be, and then were quickly realized that you were being exposed to everything that it wasn't, or right? Yeah. So like you know, um, it's worth noting like All In happens like six months after omega okada t- uh, at wrestle kingdom 11 yes. which yep. is my favorite wrestling match of all time now so like i had seen new japan matches now you know i was once i'd seen that so i was part of the like instagram accounts following wrestling so like everyone posted about it overnight and so i rewatched that match i was like whoa like wrestling can be this yeah i you know started following new japan watching some of the stuff they did. Um, you know, I already knew a bit about 
what culture pro wrestling, you know. Um, so I'd kind of seen a little bit of what that could be. But like getting more invested in what New Japan was doing, getting more invested in like lightly into what Ring of Honor was doing and seeing what wrestling could be. Um, and especially at all in where you know you get some amazing matches. I I, I kind of realized that like Raw isn't doing it for me anymore, right? Watching sure. three hours of firstly a wrestling match that you know is inevitably gonna go to a non-finish or a DQ finish, mm-hmm. and then watching in 15 minutes a recap of that match. Mm-hmm. I'm like I I want more. I I I don't like I don't want to sound selfish, but I, but I expected more. Like I wanted to be entertained, and I wasn't being entertained anymore. So that was in 2018, um, and then you, and you stopped. So you weren't lapsed for that for that long. Um, no, about about a about two years total. Right. Yeah. So you had stepped away completely from 2018 to 2020 uh, when winter is coming popped up, and for some reason. Something about that show sparked your interest. And I already heard you talk about Omega Okada. And you must have been familiar with John Moxley as Dean Ambrose right. and whatnot. So um what else was there was there anything else about that card that that spoke to you and said, you know what, I'm gonna tune in for some for some real weird reason, this card is the one that got you got you back. Um that Omega Moxley match that was broadcast like and I I guess it was still part of my used to watching WWE mind. I was seeing a pay-per-view level match being given away on free TV. And so I was curious, like I hadn't really, I'd watched like maybe half an episode of dynamite up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the first few. Um, so like, I didn't really know what to expect out of a dynamite episode. Um, and, you know, it's the middle of the pandemic. So it's not like I had anywhere to go or anything to do the next few days. Um, and so I decided, you know, I'm here. Let, let's sit down and let's watch this episode. And they delivered a hell of an episode. <laughs> like yes. from, from from beginning to end, like everyone obviously put up as best a performance as they could. Um, especially, you know, when you get into the Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes tag match and Sting's debut. Tony Schiavone is in rare form on that call. Um, I think I think I write about in my article. Like I still, I like mentally, if I think about it, I can hear him screaming. It's Sting. Yes. Like they continuously try to recreate that moment anytime they introduce him to the ring. (laughs) They will never top that. Like part of me wonders if they even told Tony that Sting was showing up. I mentioned to you before the uh, before we went on that I was there, and that. That was the big pop of the night. Now, because I mean, I, we were, I was there. I was, you know, Omega One, you know, big shenanigans there. But when Sting came out, that place went on fire. And of course, they had a T-shirt for sale immediately because <laughs> that's that's the what you do. <laughs> so right. not everybody was surprised, but that was a very big, big, very big, big moment. And uh, people, people tuned in to levels, uh, you know, pretty serious levels the next week to see what Sting had to stay, say and stuff. And we've been trying ever since to hear Sting talk, but usually he gets interrupted within 30 seconds. But right. um, this was not enough, though, because, you know, in your article, you you watched This Winter is Coming. It was a great show, pay-per-view quality, like you mentioned. Lots of stuff happening. Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian on the card. Lots of good good stuff, recognizable faces and whatnot. But 
you took a couple of weeks off after that. You didn't come right back. The next show you watched was the Brody Lee tribute show. And, right. and then that one really resonated with you as well. So talk about that. Right. So, um, so like after watching the show, you know, I went and I followed all elite wrestling on Twitter. Um, I've always followed Cody Rhodes since he left WWE. Um, so like I've had a general understanding of what was going on on shows and stuff like that. Um, but so, you know, I just kind of see what's going on in the shows. I'm like, you know, I'll tune in the next time they do a big thing. Um, little did I know it would be a few weeks before they had to do a big thing. Um, I was aware that there was a new year's bash or new Year's smash scheduled for that week. So I kind of had like tentative plans to maybe tune in if I, you know, felt like it and wasn't doing anything. Um, but that week leading up, you know, the news comes out that, uh, Brody Lee, John Huber had passed away. Um, you could tell how emotional everyone who'd ever communicated with him was, um, Everyone who he who whose life he touched, he touched in such a positive way. Like there was no one who had an ill word ill word to say about him. Right. Like e- everyone was heartbroken. Everyone wanted to wa- wished this had never been able to happen. Everyone wanted Brody to come back, but to see like because like I keep going back to like. I watched WWE, like, if something like this happened, you'd see a few sad tweets, and then, like, in an hour, it's right back to, you know, who's gonna win this weekend at WrestleMania Backlash? Right. And, but to see All Elite Wrestling, everything stopped for All Elite Wrestling. Like, their social presence, their wrestlers, no one talked about anything besides John Huber. They loved him. They loved him as a company. They loved him as individuals. And it felt like for it felt like that you weren't you weren't getting involved in wrestling. You were getting involved in this weird wrestling family. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, that that that's different. That that's very different from what yeah. I expect, right? You know, we're not gonna get a maybe 10 bell salute at the beginning of the show. It looks like this is gonna be a show of 10 bell salutes. Right. So I, I tuned in because I wanted to, A, I wanted to honor John Huber by, by tuning in and, you know, seeing his legacy, seeing people talk about his legacy. Um, and also, I wanted to see the people who he most loved respect, like, put it all out there for him. Yeah. And it turned out to be, like, probably the best memorial show that's ever been done in the history of wrestling. Right. I right. Mean, this, this was another level. Um, so not another, tra- not a traditional episode, but... It it has hooked you, and you said in your article that you've watched every week since. So right. now it's sort of you know AEW brought you back, AEW got you you know interested, and you've been not missing it. So I have to ask this other question: You're, you're an AEW guy, but do you watch the other stuff at all anymore? I do not. Um, I like I watched WrestleMania because I have Peacock. Like I have Peacock for The Office and Parks and Rec and stuff like that. And I had nothing planned. Again, pandemic life, wonderful. Um, but I, ha- I had nothing planned. So, like, I tuned into WrestleMania because it was on. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those I had it on while I did other stuff. Sure. Um, but no, I haven't watched a Raw or a SmackDown since. Okay. Since um, the 2018 break or whatever. I take that back. I did watch the Royal Rumble. I watch the Royal Rumble every year because it's probably my favorite WWE event. So, Royal Rumble and uh, WrestleMania is it. Okay. 
So we've set this up, everybody. So here you have Byron, who was a pretty much a WWE guy by the sounds of things. And you watched some sampled some New Japan and stuff. You left wrestling in 2018. AEW caused the spark to bring you back. You're back now. You're watching wrestling all the time. And you've started to engage with the internet wrestling community. So we're going to come back in a second and talk about that. I want to tell people some things about some some other stuff that's going on. So let me play our uh, our promotional video, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking all about the internet wrestling community. Daily Wrestling News Show. If you do, I'd like to tell you how you can support us. Check out the new Crucifix t-shirt from BodySlamClothes.com. The shirt comes for $20. That includes your shipping. That includes XXL, XXL, and the Super Soft Style. So there's no upcharge for any of that stuff. And if you like that shirt, there's a whole bunch of others. And if you buy two, use the promo code SHIRTS10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's BodySlamClothes.com. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, check out the Essential Wrestling Podcast hosted by... Al Carl, he brings along myself and John Smith and John DeCani. We get together for another week of updates and highlights in the world of pro wrestling. You can hear us make our analysis as we pick the week's matches and tell you who we think is going to win. The show begins at 6 p.m. each and every Tuesday on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. This is a fantasy sports website dedicated to pro wrestling. It's where you can test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling against your friends, against the universe, whatever the case may be. You can create an account, join a league, or create a league. Just compete against your friends, have a good time with it. No gambling here. It's just good fun at ProWrestlingPick'em.com. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. This newsletter is going out to over 4,200 people each and every week on Fridays. And you get all the top stories consolidated into one place. It's quick to read. It's broken up by company. And it's free. Written by me for you for free. Join the list at BodySlamBrigade.com. And then this show, of course, the Daily Wrestling News Show. It's here every day, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Occasionally, we drop in on Fridays. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can watch us live on YouTube and, and Facebook. You can also get it there on demand as well. So do check out the Daily Wrestling News Show each and every day. Thank you for your support. And we're back. Thank you. So, uh, so Byron, we were we were talking before the break there about how you came back into watching wrestling. And you mentioned somewhere in there that you had watched WrestleMania 32 and you were you were captivated by the ladder match there. So I just wanted to bring up that uh, today is Zack Ryder's birthday. So happy 36th to Zack Ryder, who won that Intercontinental title ladder match that you were talking about. Happy birthday to Zack Ryder, the now uh, Matt Cardona. Car- Car- I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. The new Matt Cardona. of Impact yeah. Wrestling. <laughs> You had it right. Matt Cardona, 36 today. Uh, and another fun fact, Vader would have been 66 today. So uh, happy uh, birthday in heaven, I suppose, to, to Vader. So, okay, so let's talk about, you know, the article that you wrote. I'm going to read a line from your article. The internet wrestling community is is a split and divisive war zone with nobody allowed to have fun and only complaining aloud. 
you listed off a whole bunch of examples about things that happen. We're talking about uh, comments on people's sexuality, their race, completely blind faith in a single organization, and all of the garbage that female wrestlers have to put up with. So you came back in, obviously you sampled a little bit in the internet wrestling community. So I wanted to ask, was there a specific example of something that you experienced that kind of set you off and made you realize that this war zone was out there? Right. So, um, so like I said, I pretty much exclusively watch AEW. Um, and so, um, when I, I started joining a bunch of like AEW fan groups on like Facebook and on Instagram, just cause like, I remember back when I watched in 2016 and 2017, like, especially on Instagram, everyone was happy pretty much all the time. Like anyone could do anything. And everyone was like, Hey, that was kind of cool. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, we had, we had our complaints. I was watching wrestling the first time Eva Marie debuted. So like <laughs> it, it, you were allowed to complain, but like everyone was kind of like, Hey, it's kind of cool that, you know, AJ Styles wrestling on free television, right. you know, Sa- Sami Zayn was still a very loved wrestler Absolutely. and the wrestling community. Um, I remember, um, uh, I don't know if she still runs the account, but I had a, a friend on Instagram her name was Taylor. She ran the TJ Styles Instagram account, huge account on there. And pretty much just her whole wrestling account was just positivity about Sami Zayn. And like, I remember those accounts from 2016 to 2017. And then you come in in 2020 and 2021 and it's all negativity all the time. Right. It, yeah. if, even if you're in like a specifically AEW fan group, you're going to hear someone tell you, oh, it's just WCW light. And like, like and that that's how i really started to notice like hey people just aren't happy here people aren't happy and they're not allowing anyone else to be happy but i think what really set me off um to finally start thinking i need to say something um you know i talked about a lot about kenny omega versus kazushi okada it's my favorite match um and i talked like i I really like kenny omega i'd probably say he's my favorite modern wrestler um but and like there was just any fan group you go into there's a blind hate for him blind hate i'm like okay did he do something am i am i not aware is this a marty scroll situation like i i used to love marty scroll but then like you find out everything that he did like i'm like okay yeah it's it's cool that i don't like him anymore um but for but i was like did did kenny do something like that did i miss something during um the speaking out movement um, and looking into it, I'm like, well, not really. Um, well, what what is the problem? And so I actually started to ask people. I'm like, okay, why don't people like Kenny Omega? And it finally came down to people starting to be like, just kind of st- saying the quiet part out loud. They didn't like him because he was sexually ambiguous, right? He doesn't really talk about whether he's straight or gay or bi which like it's fine like it's not our job to know his sexuality his sexuality doesn't affect his wrestling in between the ring but like they hated him because of that because jim Cornette and his podcast pretty much straight up implies he's gay and makes fun of him for being lgbtq and that like really set me off because i'm like a it's not going to affect his in like who he loves does not affect his in-ring capabilities at all and secondly as someone who has lgbtq friends very close to him like my closest friend is bi you know i have some pretty good trans friends and gay friends like to see people blindly hate someone because they're lgbtq i'm like 
that that that's wrong. That that's bad. Like you cannot do that. Right. Right. These are normal, nice people. And it's unacceptable for you to do that. And so I started to recognize that happening throughout the community. And then um, when you start looking for issues about one thing, you're going to see issues about everything else. Right. Because once you start digging into that, right, Kenny Omega, like you you mentioned, he's never he's never clarified what he is. And that's fine. Um, and there are actually probably people that will listen to this and say, I know I don't like Kenny Omega for these other reasons. And that's that's fine. You know, everybody can have their opinion about wrestlers. Um, but there are trans wrestlers and openly gay wrestlers and those. So if you see this about somebody who is ambiguous about what their preference is, what must these other people that are, they're openly, you know, out and expressing, um, what must they be going through? And then you just dig in and there's, there's so much there. And then you, you also talked about in your article, if you like one company versus another, man, do you get, you just get nailed for that, right? Like the uh, people rush to the defense of, of their favorite wrestling company, uh, but they usually do it at the expense of the other the other company. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that out there. And I guess, so I have another question though. Does this, you, you cover sports. Does this exist outside of wrestling? Does this exist in the sports community as well? So um, I primarily, or up till recently, <laughs> I was primarily a football writer, uh, American football writer. Um, I wrote about the Kansas City Chiefs for Arrowhead Addict um, and a little bit for Arrowhead Live. And it's one of those things like negativity is closely associated with any type of critique or um, a review analysis of any of sports, right? You know, if you write about the Kansas City Chiefs, you write something about Patrick Mahomes. Was he impressive? Was he unimpressive? Do you think, like, people are giving him too much credit at this moment? You know, we're talking about 2018. Um, Like, you're going to get immediate a lot of negativity, but that's just because people are passionate about Patrick Mahomes. They don't want to hear you say negative about Patrick Mahomes. If you go up there and you just start saying positive things about Patrick Mahomes, nobody really tends to come in there and be hateful or be rude about it. Because, yeah, you know, Patrick Mahomes is pretty cool. He's pretty great. You know, he he's a Hall of Fame quarterback in his third year of starting. Um, like, and so when you go into wrestling, when you go into the wrestling community, if you say something positive, if you say something negative, it doesn't matter. Someone's coming for your throat, right? Some, someone's trying to get you and, like, tear you down for your opinion. Because for some reason, people have it in their mind that, like, you can't, like, it is mutually exclusive you like this company, you can't like this company. And if you like this company, you can't like this company and they can't be successful. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there is a lot of that. So I have a couple of comments coming in and questions. Um, one from Al Carl, he's another one of the co-hosts on here. If people don't like Kenny for what they perceive him to be, were they giving you um, crap for being a fan of his? Uh, so that's a, just a straight question. Did you, did you personally experience that? So I never really openly talked about, um, like really liking Kenny Omega that much because like I saw all the negativity and like I'm one of those people like yeah I'm gonna stand up for what I believe but also I'm not gonna throw wood onto a fire sure sure (laughs) um and so it's never really something I talked about but like you could see other people who would openly talk about liking Kenny Omega um watching them kind of be tore down like how dare you like this you know like this guy for this reason and that reason and like but I think that's just in general, 
Um, again, yeah. like wrestling fans, if you go up there and say, I'm a fan of this, they're going to come tear you down for it. Like you could say you're a fan of any wrestler and someone's going to come for you for it. And John chiming in, he says he's actually never seen this kind of hate on Kenny, which is good, right? I think John, you are, he's not our co-host on the show. He, he's part of a good group of people online, but they're, I, I want to hang out, out where there. John hangs out at. Yeah. Well, that's at the minister bell time, Facebook groups. So, um, and, and other places, John, of course, uh, a friend of the show and he's a co-host of the show. So, uh, definitely hang out where he hangs out. But, um, so in your article, you encourage people to do th- three things. And these are, these are, are tough and tough measures for people to take. And they might be hard for people to hear, but the first one is to speak up, mm-hmm. right? You're saying that if people are, you know, trashing, uh, another, a wrestler or anybody, don't be afraid to speak up and, you know, correct things where you need to correct things or, uh, you know, try to steer the conversation back to where it needs to be. Then also organize around progressive ideas. That was your number two. Show that people, that the haters are outnumbered. And your third one is to eject people from the conversation, remove them from Facebook, block on Twitter, and delete their comments. And that was sort of your extreme measure. Like if A and B don't work, then do this. And I think that a lot of Facebook groups take that stance. They say, look, there's no hate speech and stuff like that. And if I see it, I'm going to kick you out. And I think if they set up those rules in advance, it's easy to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, I have four rules in my Facebook uh, group from Instabell Time, and I want to ask your opinion on them and see if you think I need to add another one um, just based on the experience that you had and uh, the research you did with your article. So my first rule is be decent. My second rule is be kind and courteous. My third rule is no hate speech or bullying. And my fourth one is keep it about wrestling. Right. So those are my four rules. And if you violate those, I think you, you're you're subject to ejection. So um, what do you what do you think about those? And do you think that there's a fifth one that I'm missing, or do you think I've got them all? No, I, th- I think I think those encapsulate like everything you need to have as a group. Um, you know, and I, I know you're a great guy. I know your mods are great people over there. So I know you guys enforce those and you guys, like, if you see actual hate speech, like you enforce it, hate speech, isn't this extreme coming out and saying racial slurs. Like you don't, like, it doesn't have to be that extreme to be hate speech. The problem is in most Facebook groups, that's what you have to do to be considered, you know, a violation of hate speech. You know, sometimes hate speech is, is, is as simple as continuously making fun of Nyla Rose because she's a trans athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes hate speech is talking about women's wrestler, women wrestlers, not because, you know, they're great athletes, you know, like I love the AE women's AEW women's division. I think it's extremely talented. You know, I came from WWE. I'm seeing much more women's wrestler, much more athletic and talented women's wrestling than I did in WWE. You know, let's have a conversation about that. But if every time that conversation happens, there's someone there trying to derail the conversation, like, oh yeah, Ty Conti, she's so attractive. Like that, that's, that's a form of hate speech. Like it's, it's a small, like, I don't want to use the word microaggression because you know, you start sounding like a certain genre of people, but like, it's a small level of hate speech that if you do it over and over and over and over and over again, like that's something that people should take action on. And the problem is like most Facebook groups don't take action. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think just an awareness, right? That's, that's one thing I want to put out there. Like be aware of what you're saying. 
online and and not just you know you can defend what you're saying all day long but be aware that it may not be perceived that way so you have to um you know like you said it can be interpreted as a hate speech or it can be hate speech so uh think before you speak i guess a little bit too online as another one rule lot. one rule i always had especially when i was a football writer i i existed in a space where i could write something about a player and very easily that player could end up reading it right, right. so if i wrote a piece about tyron matthew I, I wrote a piece about tyron matthew and it wasn't an hour before tyron matthew had already retweeted it and was uh talking to me in my dms right so like my, the, my rule of thumb is if I write something, if I say something online, I'm going to say it with the assumption that that person could see it, right? Yeah. Um, that that stands for, for wrestling, for football, for sports in general. That stands for politics, right? Like no matter what I say, I am saying it with the assumption that that person that I am talking about or I am saying something about has the potential to come see it because like – Twitter's open to everyone, right? Like you can be kicked off Twitter and still get on Twitter. Right. Anyone can see what you're saying. And so I just assume that at any point I could say something about a wrestler and that wrestler could end up seeing it. Like, like I'm not going to be hateful. I don't really have a hateful bone in my body, but if I did, like I wouldn't want to like come out and attack, you know, again, Kenny Omega for, you know, his ambiguous sexuality and then Kenny Omega be hurt and offended by something I said, because right. that makes me not only does that make me rude and obscene for making those comments. Now I've offended someone. Now I've hurt someone's feelings. Now I'm like, now I'm a bad person almost. <laughs> so I guess, do you see it getting any better at this point? Are there I places think... where people can go um, and have more of a safe haven? You think? I think moving forward we can get better um i think one big thing is gonna have to be following those rules i laid out um the biggest wrestling communities on facebook especially don't do anything proactively to like stop hate speech or outright constant negativity um i think moving forward it's gonna have to be people like yourself and myself starting groups and you know telling people hey this is a place for civil conversation this is a place for being a human being to each other and also to the people we're talking about um i, th I think there's a huge possibility that like we do get better we do move into a positive place where this doesn't happen we don't have to have this conversation anymore but like we ha we have to as a community take serious steps to get there and i think we're capable of that but like I, I have to see that before I'm saying, oh, yeah, we're moving in the right direction. And so I guess my, ne my next question is, my wife joined the AEW Heels group to kind of get away from some of this stuff. And I think that's also an, it's also an extreme measure, too. But it's but is that the future? I mean, tons of hate gets thrown at that group because they don't let everyone in and it's designed for women and things like that. But uh, it's a place where many people women feel safe to communicate. So is that a possibility too, where you, you know, some of these groups become more exclusive um, in order to steer the conversation in the way that, that we want it to go. One of the most longstanding and 
probably bewildering problems in the wrestling community is the way it treats women. Uh, mm -hmm. Wrestling is for everybody, right? I, I think it was Finn Balor that first started saying that. Right. Wrestling is for everybody. It doesn't matter your 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 sexuality. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter like how old you are. Wrestling is for everybody. There is there is some form of wrestling for everybody to enjoy, and. If our safe space or if our community spaces are not safe for women, which they often aren't, if our if our community spaces are not safe for women or people of color or LGBTQ members, then it, it is it should be our responsibility to make community spaces that are safe for them, right? Because it is just as much on progressive members of the community to say okay i recognize that we are not creating safe communities for these people we need to create a community specifically for them to be safe so like at that point it's not it's it's on the people who are being rude and hateful but it's just as much on us to create those spaces i think the AEW heals community it's fantastic what what brandy rhodes realized is like women love wrestling too right especially you know and like you have to give credit to WWE, they ended the Divas movement. They started a real women's wrestling movement in the most mainstream wrestling wrestling company, which started a real conversation and a real affinity for rest for women's wrestling. And that, of course, brought in more women's wrestling fans because they were able to look up to people like them, to to women like them, doing things that they wish they could do or things that like they want to do. They were empowered by seeing those women. So wrestling community has gained a lot of women and for us to still have communities that are still as unsafe as they are today for women brandy rhodes did a great thing by by making the aew heels community which is almost exclusively women it gives them a safe place to talk about women's wrestling without having to be attacked for being a woman or for being a fan of women's wrestling or, or listening to any conversations about looks or anything like that it's just right. all that out of that so so great great conversation um i really appreciate it um tell people where they can find uh find you online and, and border fuel and stuff like that tell us about all that before we get out of here right so you can find me on twitter at byron boref smith that's b-y-r-o-n-b-o-r-e-f-s-m-i-t-h um, I tweet about pretty much everything. <laughs> um, I live tweet most dynamites. Um, I'm no, I'm talking football pretty much throughout the week. Um, you'll get a political take every now and then, but it's normally me just admitting that I don't like American politics. Um, from there, um, definitely go check out the Border Fuel HQ uh, Twitter account. That's at Border Fuel HQ. Um, you, we have a ton of great writers and our community is always growing. If you want to join our community as a wrestling writer, I do advise everyone, go check out our website, go check out our opportunities page, go apply to be one of our writers, whether, you know, you apply to be one of our regional writers or you apply to just be one of our national writers. We would love some more wrestling fans to come in and write about wrestling. Like that's probably our second biggest audience is wrestling fans. Um, so definitely go check that out. That's borderfieldsports.com. Um, check out our opportunities page, read some content. We'd really love to see some of y'all come over there. Great. Great. Thank you. Uh, Byron, anything else that you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, just hope Orange Cassidy is okay after that concussion. <laughs> I heard he's up and around talking to people and stuff like that. So hopefully he is good. But uh, are you looking forward to double or nothing? 
I am. Um, I'm I'm not in love. I've actually written an article about how I'm not in love with what Cody Rhodes is doing with AEW. Uh, but I'd say that's the only match there where I'm like, eh, take it or leave it. You know, I really think we're probably going to get another either cinematic match or maybe even a live match with Sting um, and Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Darby Allen. I'm really thinking we're going to get something with that, which is exciting. Um, further, um, you know, Kenny Omega versus Pac is always going to deliver and add Orange Cassidy in there. It's going to be a fantastic match. Um, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks. The, the Young Bucks could put on a five-star match with a broom. So, like, they got some really talented guys there. I really want to see more of Eddie Kingston moving forward. And if if our rumors about Daniel Bryan being a free agent are true, if he's ever going to show up in AEW, it's going to start a double or nothing. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's it's fun, actually. I, I saw that you wrote an article for Border Fuel about five dream opponents for Daniel Bryan. I wrote a similar article for my website, Minutes to Bell Time. Um, and we both, where, where we overlapped, because I looked, we overlapped on Zack Sabre Jr. of all people. Right. We have uh, other, other four were different for both of us, but that one we overlapped on. I think it'd be a great match. It, it's so weird that like, um, because for that, like I didn't watch a little uh, much of uh, Brian Danielson before WWE. So for that article specifically, I went back and watched a ton of his Ring of Honor and specifically a ton of his PWG matches. And it's weird to see that like, Daniel Bryan was so was such a technical wrestler right. before WWE. And then he came into WWE and he became, you know, uh, a comeback specialist, you yeah. know, uh, a striker, essentially. But all WWE wrestlers end up becoming strikers. Um, but like to see him become be him, see him be so technical, you know, um, in his match with Kenny Omega, who also used to be a very technical wrestler to see him. Uh, he does have a match with Zack Sabre Jr. where they both twist and contort each other to unbelievable levels. Like, I just want to see what level of contortion Daniel Bryan can get into with Zack Sabre Jr. And not only that, to bring that striking stuff that you talked about, because he is kind of a known striker now. He's I always describe him as a technical wrestler, a technical wrestler that also does striking. And, um, you know, Sabre has a little bit of that too, right? He lights people up with his kicks when he when he goes for it. So I thought that was a really interesting match. I also, you know, you brought up the Ring of Honor. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, was the last Ring of Honor pure champion before it went vacant for all those years. And they brought it back. They brought the pure championship back last year. And now Jonathan Gresham has it. So I think there's a built-in match right there. You know, the last champion versus the current champion. So um, he was on my list. But I think a, a big thing for me, like what I most want to see, uh, Samoa Joe earned my number one spot. Right, like an actual Samoa Joe versus Brian Danielson match. Um, I don't think it could happen at a better place than Ring of Honor, and I don't think it could happen for a better championship than the Pure Championship. Ring of Honor, and and like this is gonna sound kind of haterish, but like Ring of Honor took a huge step back when it lost Adam Cole. That that's real life. Adam Cole and the and the Bullet Club essentially put that company on its back a lot and like helped continue to put it in relevance. And they haven't been able to restore that since. That's largely has to do with the pandemic, right? They weren't able to hold live shows. Um, there for a while, they weren't able to hold any shows. Right. Um, they lost Marty Scroll to the Speaking Out movement. Um, I, I don't think... They lost the Bucks, and, the Bucks and Cody Rhodes to AEW. 
Bucks and Cody Rhodes are now AEW. Um, and, and I think they may have been, they may have been of the mindset that any or NWA is and new Japan is now where they were like, okay, you know, AEW wrestlers will come over here every now and then and wrestle with us and for us. And because they're on TV, it'll help us get bigger. And that just hasn't happened. Right. So, so like ring of honor is really struggling. There's two mainstream wrestling companies now. And then a few companies that are getting the rub from WWE and AEW and ring of honor isn't one of them. So if ring of honor wants to restore some relevance and give itself a note and give itself a note to potentially say, okay, let's close shop, right? Ring of honor is struggling really bad. I like, it's going to take them a while to get to a spot where they could be as relevant as everyone else. And I don't see that happening. One more big show right? They've been to Madison Square Garden with New Japan quite a few times. I think they could do Madison Square Garden by themselves. It only holds, I want to say, uh, 30,000. A more Madison Square Garden show with Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson for the Pure Championship. You're going to sell pay-per-views like it's nothing. You're going to fill the seats like it's nothing. I think that would be, that's that's my favorite match for Brian Danielson moving forward. Yeah, I think that I think that, that would certainly draw numbers for ring of honor absolutely for sure um 100 so thank you byron for being here today it's been a great show great talking to you and uh i guess for everybody else this has been the daily wrestling news show for may 14th 2021 we'll catch you on monday <laughs>